1: You're listening to The Fly, the W670 podcast. This is season number one. It is episode number 29. We're calling
0: this one the Trifecta of Terror up in Toronto. And joining us now is Greg Hughes, co-founder of Northside Bound, Real Cubs Insider, Growing Cubs podcast,
1: Rosters Expanded. And we'll find out with Greg what we can expect.
0: Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, a man who wears many hats. He is the co-founder of Northside Bound. He writes about prospects for Cubs, Real Cubs Insider. Uh, He has the Growing Cubs podcast, Greg Hughes. Greg, did I forget anything on that long resume of yours?
1: No, man, that's about it. That's about it. uh, I'm staying busy, that's for damn sure.
0: (laughs) Well, today marks September 1st. Which usually is a very interesting day. Explain to baseball fans out there why September first is such an interesting day. Yeah, I man. Well, in, in the past,
1: we've seen rosters expand, and when rosters expand in the past, they've been to the full forty-man roster. Where we're not seeing that anymore with the new with the new rules and everything. We just expand up to twenty-eight players on a on a major league roster, as opposed to the full forty. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity to get some guys, particularly prospects, some some more playing time up in the big leagues, get that cup of coffee up in the bigs, and and see what they still need to improve to get ready for that that major major test, you know. But uh, it was obviously a much bigger deal back when it expanded to forty rosters. You see the dugout, you see the really field dugout, and it'd be like overflowing with players, like way too many players in one place. Uh, but now we get we, we get two. We got to see uh, Jeremiah Estrada stay up, which is always always fun to see.
0: Now, do you anticipate anyone else coming up in the near term?
1: I, I figure this next month we we could get a real taste of some of some more prospects because uh, there there's a this big roster crunch this off season, right? There's a lot of guys that are probably going to be uh, DFA'd off the roster that are currently on the major league team. I look at, looking at guys like Ortega and Schwindel and guys like that. Uh, but then there's there's a, a real crunch for the 40 man roster because the Rule Five Draft is coming up, and there's a lot of players eligible for that 40 or for that uh, Rule Five Draft. And Explain so, the Rule
0: Five Draft real quick for the list. So the Rule Five Draft is
1: after a guy gets drafted or signed as an international free agent, they can only spend so many years in a team's farm system. Um, before the Major League team has to add them to the 40-man roster or risk exposing him to this R- Rule 5 draft, which is an opportunity for all the other teams in the league to draft this guy if they think that a player is ready for the Major Leagues. And when, when a guy gets drafted, they have to stay on that other team's Major League roster for the entirety of the next season. So basically it's a way so that like if the Cubs have – a whole bunch of guys that are Rule 5 eligible, they don't stash all of them and keep them all in the, major, in the minor leagues. It's a way if a guy earns his way up to the major leagues that he actually gets to the major leagues and doesn't just get stashed.
0: Hector Rondon is the guy that I think about most when it was, uh, he was a Rule 5 pick for the Cubs and had a huge impact yeah. uh, on the 2015, 2016, 2017 team. So, you know, you, you can get some diamonds out of there, but if you're the Cubs, you risk losing some good players as well.
1: Yeah. And so I'm thinking this, this September will probably be an opportunity to potentially add a few guys to the uh, major league roster that they'd probably be adding anyways uh, to that roster. You know, I mean, there, there's guys that we've already seen like Jeremiah Estrada was one of those guys that was almost assuredly going to be added to the 40 man roster this offseason because he's, as we saw in his appearance in Toronto, like the stuff is way too good to risk losing him to another team, you know? And so the idea is to go ahead and add him to the major league roster now, because if they are going to be added over the off season, like what's a hurt. So uh, Jeremiah Estrada was like the prime example of that um, going into the spring or going into the se- September. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's finally gotten his chance for sure.
0: Now the, the, the issue that kind of is bizarre here is that normally the minor leagues are wrapping up around this time but because of the CBA and the, and then the lockout and all the issues that the minor league season is extending later. Do you think that throws off the Cubs plans at all anyway, or not too much?
1: Um, I, I don't think so. I think that like, you're looking at a guy like Hayden Wesneski who might get called up. And I don't think that, I, I don't think that the, the Iowa, the triple a season coinciding with the major league season. I don't think that's really going to have much of an impact. I mean, If a guy's a guy that they want to try at the major league level, they're not going to keep him in AAA just just because the season's also running simultaneously. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't think that really it, it would have affected it if there was still the 40 man roster, the entire 40 man roster getting called up to the bigs. But because it's like a couple of guys, I don't I don't think it really has that much of an impact.
0: And so now, now you're taking a look at guys that are getting called up. And, and the thing that I liked, Manrod obviously um, coming back from injury and you talked a little bit, you're starting to see some flamethrowers, which is really exciting because for so many years, it's like I look at every other team and they got like four or five guys coming out of the bullpen throwing 97, 98, 99. And I'm like, well, where's that for the Cubs? And and, and now it's starting to bubble up a little bit.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's- – I mean, like people don't like hearing this, but like that—that's the the pitch lab. That's the pitching infrastructure that people love to hate on all the time. But like that's showing—it's finally showing itself, you know. And we're seeing it with we're seeing it with with relievers. We've seen it for, in my opinion, we've seen it for the last three years or so, as far as like major league like like rec, reclamation projects. You know what I mean? Like the, the guys that are signed for like veteran deals, uh, that the Cubs end up getting something out of those guys. So we've seen that for the past few years. Now we're seeing it have an immediate impact with the bullpen we've seen that with scott efrost we're seeing it with jeremiah Stroud. we're seeing that with with bullpen guys and then it's only a matter of time before we start seeing it with with starting pitchers from the minor league system too so i mean it, it's a way of developing these guys and and there are plenty of guys like ben leaper is another guy that's in AAA that throws gas and has a has a nasty slider um you got guys that that are are Really good relievers. And we, we saw Hayden Wesneski, uh, who I mentioned a little bit ago, like Hayden Wesneski is a guy with that sweeper slider that he's not hitting like 99 on the gun, but he has that sweeper slider. That's a pitch lab thing. You know what I mean? So uh, it's kind of still it's shown itself and, and it, it hypes me up, man. It gets me excited.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, I think we were all excited to see what would happen. Then you just get reminded, oh, yeah, it's not – you can't bring everybody up anymore. It's kind of cool because before it was like so many players like you mentioned, and then everybody's coming in and all these pitching changes. So I think it'll speed up the games in September and try to keep them more similar to what the season's like rather than what it used to be where all of a sudden – all these guys come up, and if you're a team that's not in contention, you're just trying out all these guys. It's not really as competitive a game, you know what I'm saying? It, it gave like the spring training vibes, which I, I love spring train. Like uh, coming from a guy who loves like
1: the prospects, right? So I, I love spring training where it's like you, you get to start the game with the major league talent, and then get to see all the prospects come in later in games. I, I love that, and that's kind of what the the September ups used to be like. It, it gave off that vibe, especially for a team like if the if the game was a blowout or. Very like situational, right? If a guy has blazing speed, it's like, all right, might as well put him in for, as a pinch runner because like we have him on our bench anyways, you know. So I don't know. I, I always really like that. I'm I'm disappointed it's not there anymore uh, for an entertainment value. But you're right; it, it'll it will speed up the game to a certain degree.
0: And so yeah, at at that time too, you you're also taking a look at the, like I said, just the possibility. They're just more realistic themes. They're more similar to what you had over in the season. Now, for me, when I take a look at kind of some of the stuff that's going on, the big story is Brennan Davis um, had the nerve injury in his back. And it was not a back injury, but a nerve that was kind of pressing up in yeah. his back. And so he comes to South Bend, and, and, and we, we all knew this was going to happen, very quickly promoted to Iowa. What do you think the chances are that Cub fans may see Brennan Davis make his debut at Wrigley Field in 2022?
1: Um, just shy of zero percent, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that it makes a whole lot of sense. And I, I he does fit in the category where he's Rule Five eligible. He will get added to the forty-man roster this offseason, regardless. Um, and then it, I, I just, I think he's in the same position going into next year that he was at the beginning of this year, where he's kind of competing for an opening day roster spot. Probably won't get it. We'll, spend, we'll spend some time next year in AAA before getting called up. I just don't think it. it does any good, especially considering how how few at bats he's been getting this year because of the injury. That j- just let it play out. Just let it ride out in triple I think that it's it is it's higher than some other guys that I know people are shouting for, like Matt Mervis getting called up to the bigs. Like I, I think Brendan Davis getting getting added to the to the major league roster is higher percentage chance than Matt Mervis, uh, but I still think it's pretty pretty low.
0: Oh, you got it. You you're telling I'm me I got to my. You're, I got to throw away my Mash Mervis sign that I have over here ready to go for his call-up. Man, not, I, he's a, uh, he, he deserves
1: um, – Matt Mervis deserves a call-up. That's for damn sure. But he just – it's it's not it's not going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish. I wish.
0: So no Mervis, no Davis. What a, And you said Wisniewski. What do you think the odds are on that one? Yeah, I think Wisniewski – I think there's a pretty good
1: shot that we see him. I, he, he worked out of the bullpen – well, kind of, he worked out of the bullpen on uh, yesterday, on Wednesday. Uh, he didn't start the game, but he still went five innings. So, I, I think it's it's a good. There's a, a pretty high chance that we see him in Chicago this year, uh, whether that is working multiple innings out of the bullpen or getting a spot spot start. But I think Wesneski, there's a pretty good chance we see him and his just filthy slider up in up in the bigs this year.
0: Now, Greg, I was I was watching your Twitter feed the other day, and I think you had four. I don't know if it was four TVs, four screens. You were watching multiple, multiple Cubs games at the same time, and I was, I was like, man, I wish I, I, I should go down and visit him and grab a beer. We could do it together. But um, what I was looking at though is, is that it is getting to be an exciting time because you have what three out of the four affiliates looking to make the postseason, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's just been it kind of that kind of shows how talented the system is right now, and you like you can't like. It is. I've as long as I've been covering prospects, I've been saying this: is that you you can't say, oh, a team is winning, so they have good prospects, and vice versa. Like those don't always coincide with each other because there are in the minor leagues. There's different uh, different agendas. It's all about like player development and not about winning those games necessarily. Now it helps if if a guy is in a playoff chase. It helps if a guy is seeing postseason baseball because it's just an experience they get to have and it prepares them for the future. Uh, But those things don't always go hand in hand, but I will say that like, if, if you, it, it does help to see that it does help to see those, those guys competing with that mindset. You know what I mean? And, and seeing a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong, who is incredibly talented, but also one of the hardest playing play, like he, he's got that Javi Baez in him where he's just playing his ass off every single day. He takes the field, you know? And so uh, to see that in a playoff atmosphere is exciting. So, yeah, all these all these teams competing for playoff spots—it's it's super super fun.
0: And not only that, though, but like sometimes you know you kind of got some guys that are older in the system, and they're beating up on some younger guys. With the Cubs and and what they've been doing, a lot of these guys are very very young, especially for where they are as far as the level of ball they're playing in.
1: Yeah, uh, and it, I think that it, the the first place I point for that is Iowa because the past. Four years or so, I mean, a long time, four or five years, Iowa has been home to all the like the quad A guys, you know what I mean? Like the major league depth, the guys that are between 28 and 33 years old, and they're not prospects playing in Iowa for years. And and I understood the reason behind doing that is because well, the, the Cubs farm system wasn't as good these past several years, but also the major league team was competing for a playoff spot every single year. And so you needed that depth and not as much the prospects at triple A, but you needed the depth of guys in triple A. And so seeing all the prospects in Iowa right now is kind of wild because I'm not used to that. Like in years past, really, when I've been watching, like you mentioned my like four screen setup of the four affiliates playing, like in years past, I love Alex Cohen and the broadcast at at the Iowa Cubs, one of my favorite broadcasters, Uh, but there was no prospects to watch. You know what I mean? So I was mainly focused on the other three affiliates uh, because I I wasn't really interested in watching these quad A 33 year old players play in Iowa, you know what I mean?
0: Right, right. Trenchy and Brony again. You know, you, you can only watch so many Trenchy and Brony at bats. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: so now it kind of gets interesting because you, Myrtle Beach won the first half of the season, so they're already in the playoffs. They're they're they already have a playoff spot secured that's going to be weird because a lot of the players that were on that Myrtle beach team are no longer there anymore. Yeah. So how do you see Myrtle beach, you know, coming into uh, the postseason? How do you see that all playing out?
1: Yeah. It's kind of interesting because yeah, the, the way the minor league season set up, it's so, so strange, man. Like how they won the first half and like in dominating that. Well, Actually, they ended up winning by winning the division by only one game uh, because them and the team that finished second were, like, by far the two best teams in the, in the, the single-A level. But uh, they were just, like, dominant. They were so, so good in the first half. And like you mentioned, completely different team. Like, no PCA there. The entire starting rotation is gone. The entire starting Luis Devers and Porter <laughs> Hodge and Tyler Schlafer and Richard Gallardo and Luke Little, all five gone. Uh, so it's a completely different team. But somehow Myrtle Beach has found a way to be relevant this entire season long, even through all the changes, because they are so exciting. I and mean, It started off the year and it was seeing uh, PCA and Kevin Alcantara and uh, James Triantos and, and Reggie Preciado and all the bats that we knew were going to be there. And we were super excited to see. Uh, and then midseason, it became all about that rotation I just mentioned. A, a whole bunch of really talented arms in that rotation. And now we're seeing... A lot of those guys moved on, but we're seeing a lot of like uh, we, we've seen uh, Moises Ballesteros, who's been super, super fun to watch. We're seeing Pedro Ramirez, who's up now. And so we're seeing a lot of like the super young guys now make their way up to up to the single a level in Myrtle Beach. And uh, it's just it, it's a way to kind of shine more light on in the playoffs, even though the team might not be quite as talented. There, there are still some really good players. Kevin Alcantara is still there. James Triantos is still there. Like I said, Ballesteros is there now. And uh, it's just more light that gets shined on these really, like, fun prospects.
0: Well, let's talk about South Bend because I saw that they have their magic number up there. It's getting close. And uh, out of all the teams, would you say they probably have the most likelihood of going the farthest?
1: I'd say so, man. that That roster is incredibly fun and incredibly talented i mean all the all the myrtle beach arms i just mentioned again now they're in now they're in south bend plus you have daniel palencia and cole franklin who were holdovers from that roster so the rotation is very very good uh pca is now up in up in south bend you got owen casey there uh, jordan wogu has been really hot you had Brennan davis making a rehab appearance there so the outfield was insane but he's, he's not there anymore obviously uh but yeah i mean you got Kevin Monty is over at shortstop looking good. Pablo Allendo is fun behind the plate. So he's like, a lot of fun players in addition to like really talented guys. And they are, South Bend is a must, must watch team throughout the remainder of this season.
0: And then you go into Tennessee. And unfortunately, I think injuries have kind of affected it, but they still have a shot. Yeah.
1: I think so for sure. I mean, they, they again, like I, I think that that's been the bright spot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally a hype man, anyways, but like that's, been the fun part about this system now is that there's talent all up and down the entire system. You know, it, it's it's not like only one team is loaded and that leaves Iowa as awful or Myrtle. Like it's it, the entire, all four teams right now are fun to watch or have a whole lot of talent on them. And so, yeah, I mean, w- with Tennessee, uh, you got Chase Strumpf that's been there for a while, uh, all season this year, and he's looking really good. Uh, the rotation has Ryan Jensen back, and he's looking good. Jordan Wicks is, uh, should be back in the rotation sometime soon here. And uh, DJ hers has been uh, not doing as well since his, he got his promo- promotion up to A, but he still must watch TV every time he, he takes them out.
0: So, you know, that that's the exciting thing for Cub fans is that as frustrating as the Major League product may be, to me, th- this has been as much fun as I've had watching the minors since you know 2012, 2013. You're talking about almost like you know nine, ten years ago. You know, this is there, there are a lot of good players to watch, and the fact that you could even watch them on marquee now that you don't have to go you know, with the Greg, who's, you know, four screen stream, you can, you can literally turn on marquee and there you go. You got, you got, you know, Brendan and, and Max or, or Sam or, or yeah. Alex Cohen. You could sit there and watch. you know, Mick Gillespie you got all these guys that you could watch, listen to. And, and like you said, it's not just, I just want to watch one guy, one at bat. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just fun to watch through up and down the lineup for most of these teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've i loved what Marquis is doing with their that whip around show that they have with the, the Road to Wrigley. I mean, I think that it, it's when you watch that show, like that's what I do on a nightly basis. And, and, and the thing is, is with that, like it allows you to try to take it as much baseball as possible because it can be overwhelming, you know, I and mean, there's a lot of games going on, a lot of action going on. So, uh, yeah, I feel like when I am watching the minor league system this year, if there's a few nights that I take off because I'm busy doing other stuff, like I'm at risk of missing some like major, major things. That the the system is like at like it's just ready to like bubble up and go crazy on any given night. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that that's a uh, that whip around show that that Road to Wrigley that Marky does is awesome, and um, it makes my life a little bit easier because I'm not having to man the controls and change from game to game. I can just watch them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that that's Lance Brozdowski and Elise Meneker, and they mm-hmm. do a great job. Lance has been on the show, and so. You know, I just, you know, people look at me and are like, "Oh, why aren't you upset? Why aren't you more angry?" And I'm like, "Man, look, I, I, I've been there. You know, I, I've been there and done that. Like, let's let's move forward. The future is is way closer than people think. The one thing I keep telling everybody is the Cubs will do more in 2024, and the Cubs will thrive in 2025. Are you with me on that, Greg? Is that timeline sound accurate? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the next year they can compete too. I I think
1: that we should as long as the front office spends some money this, this off season, I mean, I, I think you need to supplement you, you always, always, always need to supplement your prospects coming up with free agent signings. And I know that there's been a lot of chatter about from fans wanting to trade these prospects this off season for major league talent. And like I, I said it before, like I couldn't, I couldn't be more against the idea of trading from prospect depth um, that is not yet in, in Chicago for, major league talent at this point because i i just don't think i don't think you trade prospects away to take your team from bad to good i think you trade prospects away to take your team from good to great and obviously this is not a good major league team right now so i, I just don't think it makes sense at this point i understand like the logic behind it. i understand like the thinking that there's depth there but you're just taking a, a bad team and, and hopefully making it good by doing that and losing out on, on prospect depth
0: and, and, the, and the thing that people don't understand, especially with that first, you know, that with the World Series team, is that they analyzed what they had, who they wanted to build around, and then supplemented with free agent signings. Okay, we know that Russell's our shortstop. We know that Rizzo's at first. And, Brian, you, you knew what you had kind of here and there. Okay, now we get a Jason Hayward. Now we get a John Lester. Now we know what we got. Let, let's, let's attack it that way. And that's kind of what I think, you know, is the smart, prudent move. And I've said it before, too, that it's one of those things where they have built this system to be good
1: in a completely different way than they did 10 years ago, like completely different way, I guess, eight years, eight to 10 years ago, where before the World Series run, like the entire system was built on a year and a half or so span where your top players get called up. You saw in a year and a half span, you saw, well, Javi make his like real, real return to Wrigley, you know? and then KB and Kyle Schwarber and Addison Russell and all these guys all at the same time. The way the system is built right now, it is not everybody arriving at the same time. It's, you're, you've got some guys this year. You saw Christopher Morrell and Nelson Velasquez and some of those, those relievers. Next year, you're going to get Brennan Davis and Hayden Wozneski and, and, and Jordan Wicks and guys like that. The year after that, you get PCA and Kevin Alcantara. And it's just, they are building the system way different. It's much more of the Dodgers-style rebuild than the 2016 Cubs-style rebuild.
0: And not only that, you have a balance between hitters and pitchers. Whereas yeah. in the the World Series team, you had a bunch of hitters, but you'd be hard pressed to f- name any pitchers off the top of your head.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's that balance, both in styles of players and like the the timelines, you know. And I, I I love I love that, and because it keeps us entertained every single year, right? We we get to watch next year. We're excited about Brandon Davis, you know. The year after that, we're excited about PCA. The year after that, we're excited about Drew Gray. There, there's there's guys that are always going to be coming up, and it's exciting to watch. You know, and even guys that surprise us too. Like we we didn't expect. I, I knew Chris Chris Morrell would be ex- an exciting player. I didn't expect him to be that good right out out the gate. You know what I mean? I know he's come back down to earth a little bit, but uh, I wasn't expecting that. And so like we're even getting surprises in addition to like the top prospects we see debuting.
0: Well, you know that's part of the development, the, the drafting, the development, everything that they've done. Greg, you know, I was in a good mood, but now I feel even a better mood after talking to you. And, and, and hopefully, like I said, I'll just stash my Matt Mervis, uh, mash Mervis sign just, uh, wait, 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 wait a little bit longer, but thank you for coming (laughs) on. Tell people where they can follow your work and find you. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at
1: out of the vines. And then you can find, uh, the podcast I host with my co-host, Jimmy Nelligan. It's called North or it's called, uh, (laughs) the growing Cubs podcast. Uh, you can find that anywhere where you're listening to hear, uh, the W. And then uh, you can find my written work over at Northside Bound, which is a, a website dedicated entirely to Cubs prospects that I co-founded with a couple guys and then a little bit of writing over at uh, Cubs Insider as well. So you can find me at all those places and I appreciate you having me on, Crowley.
0: We'll have you back on. We got, we got to do a summer roundup. Don't worry, Greg, but you take care you. And, and keep those screens buzzing. Okay. All
1: right, man. I appreciate it.
0: Take care.